Welcome back to the SC Halfback Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namoski. Welcome to another 2024 preseason pod. Today, I'm playing the Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, I'm all about buying stocks and selling stocks. So I think what we're going to do running through this offseason is do a bit of a running one. Probably every three, four weeks, we'll touch base on this one here. Just to see who are the guys that, you know, people are going, nah, I don't think it's going to be a good season. I want to wait. Uh, it's going to be a down year. And who are the guys who, you know, the, the consensus might be high on or hasn't been much chatter from last year that I'm not confident will do it again. So a little bit of a litmus test here. I think we'll just go five to start us off here. Five who I want to buy, really invest and stake my flag right now to say, let's go with these five guys. And five that I want to sell in terms of, I just think that right now the value that you'll have to draft them uh, this is all from a draft perspective. We'll t- touch on some classic stuff later on. But right now, who are the five guys in draft we would buy because the stock is a little bit low? Uh, and it's a great chance to jump on and, you know, stake your flag, um, make sure that he's your guy heading into next year. And who are the five potentially you may want to uh, flick on to a couple of the other guys in your league? Let's start with a buy. I think it's the easiest one right now. I think there's a lot of, I think this is pretty topical as well because that article came out that uh, a third-party uh, broker at the Storm want to sell him. That's Ryan Pappenhausen. I think there's going to be quite a bit of guys very nervous to draft Ryan Pappenhausen. Now, you could say that is with um, cause. Uh, obviously, hasn't been healthy for a while now. Um, but I'm willing to back it in. I am willing to back it in. The two injuries you look at, some previous concussion injuries, obviously that's in the, that's in the back of the mind, but it's a shattered kneecap, which could happen to any player on any hit up, and it was a snap leg with big Nelson landing on your leg. Um, most guys in those instances, that would be the injury that would happen. Now I've got Pappenhausen right now on the latest draft board as the ninth fullback. What does that turn out in terms of a draft? He is number twenty one overall. I think that is going to be great value. I think the fact if you can get Pappenhausen outside of round one, let's say you draft, let's say you draft someone like a Cleary or Hines, let's say a Dylan Brown, a Tino, something in that range. So you've obviously got a fullback spare. You can roll it around to. I think Ryan Pappenhausen is a great pickup. I think he's another goal kick. I think that's pretty clear. You know, he came back and he was goal kicking when he was uh, coming through there um, on his return. And I just think that the Melbourne Storm attack, what we saw last year, Nick Meany had a very nice super coach average. Um, I've been a big fan of Nick Meany, but I think in terms of an attacking super coach prowess, there's no difference between Pappenhausen. And if you can get Pappenhausen, you know, as the ninth fullback on the board. So right now I'll just run through it. Turbo, Walsh, Ponga, Latrell, Drinkwater, Tedesco, Gutherson, Garrick. I've got them all higher than Pappy right now. What a consolation prize if your ninth fullback in the draft is Ryan Pappenhausen. Spoke about in a previous pod. He's going to be very low on pre-draft boards. So I'm going to play the two games, obviously. I want to obviously hear more about in the offseason. How is he progressing? And he's uh, certainly for round one. Um, but right now, I can't see him dropping really outside of round three. And I think the end of round two there as the 21st overall is tremendous value for a guy like Ryan Pappenhausen. So... There's any lots of stories about Falongo is the guy there playing me that he didn't do any he didn't do any disservice. I just think whoever is selling Ryan Pappenhausen stock in your league, let them sell it, feed them all those bad stories, and then on draft day you pounce and get an absolute steal. Um, 
Ryan Pappenhausen, realistically, anything after the first round, to me, is a steal. Uh, as soon as he falls in that second round, he now falls into... He's the perfect guy for me uh, in a 12-man league. He's the perfect round uh, pick 13 or 14. You take your gun in round one, now you say, okay, if he's fit and healthy, he's named a round one, you can go Dylan Brown into... Or Sean Johnson into Ryan Pappenhausen, and all of a sudden you are flying. The first sell, I'm going to sell Jack Wyden. Now, I know quite a few guys have come to me and have spoken about where I think he's on a go. I think, obviously, it looks pretty certain he's going to play centre uh, for the Bunnies and potentially on that left edge, which is obviously the favourite edge. Um, there's a good chance he'll be a jewel. There'll be a good chance he's going to be a CTW 5-8 jewel. I think that's pretty standard. Now, I've got him quite low. I've got Jack Wyden as the 39th centre and the 13th 5'8", and that's around 11 grade on him. So you're talking in double digits, so it's not a huge investment, but that's where I've got him. I think more realistically, you're going to see guys pounce. I think the jewel is going to uh, bring some guys into a false sense of security. I think the left edge of the bunnies is going to bring a bit of a false security. I could see him going as high as round five, round six. Now, that is a little bit too rich in my blood for me. I just think that he's a guy that, you know, he's only looking for the ball. But the way that the Bunnies play, there's going to be a lot of cutout balls to AJ. I think you don't want to lose AJ's try-scoring ability. Jack White might hold the ball a little bit, whether he plays a little bit through the middle. If there's an injury to Cody Walker or Lockie Ilias, does he go straight in and slot into the halves? There's a little bit too many questions for me. He's an older player. He's never really been that super coach gun. Uh, I totally get that in terms of a change of scenery. He's probably the best one to go. Um, but yeah, I just think if he's there around 10, 11, beautiful. Um, I'm happy to wear that as, you know, my third CTW, my fourth CTW, uh, a late round 5.8. I'm happy with that. But, you know, once we're talking the name, the position, the jewel, if we start talking around four, five, six, uh, that's where I'll have to call the horses there. So that's my first sell right now. Who's another buy? To me, Bo Fermor is a tremendous buy. Uh, obviously, going to be very, very low on the pre-draft. Didn't play a game last year. Obviously, tore that ACL. People forget he was a third, fourth round pick last year. So there was a lot of hype going into last year. He was the best second rower at the Titans ahead of Dave Fafita in that season. Uh, I've got him right now as the 16th overall CTW, but around five grade. So it sounds very low that I've got him that low in terms of that position, but that's just a stack position. But he is number 53 overall uh, in round five. Now, that is a very nice, juicy pick. You look at the guys around there that, that you're looking at. Uh, Farnworth, Klukstad, Campbell Graham, Nat Butcher, Kohler, Suli, Brimson. You're in that type of range. So it's a very nice pick. Uh, I think there's a chance he will slide, uh, but I'm all over him. If he is my second 2RF, I feel like I'm laughing there. If I can jag, you know, a Pat Carrigan, a Hamole El a Jermaine Hopgood in round three, um, or, you know, Tino in round two, and then I can partner in round five and go get a guy like Bo Fermor, I think that's tremendous value. Now, Kieran Four is still on the left with David Fafita. Um it looks like Tanner Boyd's going to be the seven. Um, I don't think they're going to shift um, AJ into the six and move uh, four into the other side. But if that does happen, and uh, four and does go to Furmore's edge, it even makes it even a stronger case. 
And, you know, I think end of season average, obviously I wrote that day for feeder train last year was lovely having it. Uh, but if a feeder's gone around one and Furmore's gone around five, six, um, I think the production value and the opportunity there might work out to be a Bo Furmore bit of a favor there. So really high on Bo Furmore. He is my second buy. So, so far bought Pappy and Furmore only sold Jack Whiten. My second sell, it goes back to my Ryan Pappenhausen theory, Nick Meany. Uh, I think a lot of people are shoehorning him in. Um, he's going to be the backup fullback. I'm not too sure. I think Farlongo has now proven he may need to get that spot. Looks like they're going to upgrade that contract. So if he's the third choice fullback, now, okay, everyone's like, hey, well, he's definitely got to slot into the back line. Again, I'm not too sure. I think he definitely doesn't play wing because I think Warbrick and Xavier Coates is the wingers there. Um, centers, now that is the question. Obviously, Justin Olam is one. Um, you know, he was dropped into the year. I think there's reports of him being potentially sold or a swap deal. I like what Marion Seve did last year. Uh, I think it'll be pretty tough to drop him. I think when he has been healthy, he's a good player. Uh, and then on that other edge, does he slot in there? Is it Rima Smith? Is it Young Tornapaya? So there's quite a few guys. So I think it's not so much of a slam dunk to draft Nick Meany there. Now, I have got him on the board in round 11. I've got him as the 38th overall CTW and the 24th overall fullback. So I have got Farlongo ahead of him in the draft board just because uh, Nick Meany in the center, you know, need to come and get some... He needs to get his attacking stats provided to him. I just think it's a little bit low. So I think he will be high on draft boards. Yeah, I think it was about a 68, 69 average last year. I could definitely see him getting drafted round four to round seven. To me, just again, like Jack Wyden, I want to, I actually feel much more safer about Jack Wyden because I know there's job security is there. But with Nick Meany, if he gets all certain around, he's still there. Worth a shout. Um, but yeah, someone I probably wouldn't be drafting too high just because I think he has fallen behind in the fullback ranks. Uh, I don't think he'll goal kick if Pappenhausen is fit. And I don't think it's automatic he stays in this spot because uh, you would think it'd be CTW or, uh, sorry, fullback or wing, but it probably is going to be CTW. And I think there is quite a few guys there that may do the job. There are specialists. My third buy, give me Michaeli Rawalawa stock. I think uh, Michaeli is one of these guys that I keep sleeping on every year. And every year he just does really good things in that CTW spot. I've currently got him right now as the 22nd overall CTW in round seven. Now he was drafted, I think, in the 200s last year. So obviously, to what that is translating in that round pick, he is the round. He is the overall 74th player. Um, for context, in that as a, that's the top of that round, I've got Ipapaliti ahead of him and Ronaldo Molotalo below him. So I am very high on him. I do have the Dragons for one of the spoon contenders, but I just think that Flanagan's going to come in there and really want to change the structure of how they attack. I really love it as Zach Lomax is the fullback and opening up some space with his running game. Uh, and I just think every season, doesn't matter, Rawalawa is that guy as your second or third CTW. He may give you a 20, but he may give you a 120. And if I've got a guy that I can lock in as my you know base guy, if I've got like potentially a Brighton Tottle in round two or three, and I want to partner him with a high-ceiling CTW, there's not many better options. I would much rather this season go in with Rava than go in with Mulatalo. Um, when Rava scores, you know, that score is going to boost up to about a 70 and 80. When Mulatalo scores, sometimes it gets into a 50-60. So just simple logic there. I do think they're going to be, you know, one of the worst teams in terms of 
their position on the ladder. But I think their super coach output could be sneaky. And I do want to get ahead of him this year. I think he will be someone who won't be drafted that high, I don't think. I think there'll be a chance he will slide in some draft leagues. And I am very happy. If you can get him as your third to fourth CTW, you are absolutely laughing. But I have him as high as a second. I think you could run with him as your second CTW. I think the back, the uh, you know, third and fourth CTWs on the board from, you know, I'll give you some examples here, you know, the from the 40th uh, overall player down in CTW, you got Jason Saab, Adokar, Ramian, Sionika Toa, AKP, Bailey Simonson, these type of guys. So really, really keen to see what he is there. My third sell pains me, but it's going to be Jack Bird. I think Jack Bird is someone who, you know, we always have that fantasy, especially he's got the duel in the last couple of years, that, you know, center wing, 2RF with the guy playing in the back row is always a juicy, juicy option. Always starts well as well, but these injuries are building up. Now, I don't have him extremely high. I've got him, as, I've got him in round 12 as the 45th overall CTW and the 37th overall 2RF. So, look, it's not going to cost you a high pick. I don't think people will be picking him. I've got him as the 139th overall player. I think he'll be drafted way before that. I think guys will be enamored by that jewel and by... His average is when he is on the park. But the injury concerns just worry me. And I think um, I'd much rather take a punt with a guy like McKaylee than go with Jack Bird. I just think that I'd rather have that that flexibility of upside, but also the availability is the big piece. You know, I know barring suspension, uh, he'll be there most weeks. Uh, and Jack Bird is really hard to tell if he's going to be able to be fit for a full season there. So pains me there, but Jack Bird, I just think, Opportunity, if he is fully fit, he'll be a great pick at that price. Um, but I can't really see myself, you know, going around six to round seven pick on him. Um, you know, I'd rather take a punt on some other guys there in that range. Uh, once he falls into the eight, nine, 10, 11, um, we can have a discussion. But again, I'd probably wait on this. A few guys ahead of him I would like to own. The fourth buy, I've been on it all off season. Give me your Tom Flegler stocks. I think Tom Flegler is going to be an absolute beast this year at the Dolphins. You saw it slowly coming together uh, at Brisbane. I've got him as a seventh overall front row forward. Now, I've only got Tino, Haas, Adam, Tohu, Tapane, and Gilbert ahead of him. I've got him ahead of Horsberg, Collins, Fodawaka, DeBellin, Cotter. I'm very high on him. I think if you give him um, that 50-55 minutes, if you give him the thing to say, you are the leader of this pack, you're an origin forward, you're going to carry us. Oh, I, I can't wait to see. I think that offload will be supreme this year. I think they'll put him in good positions. You saw a guy like Jared Wallace, Mark Nichols, even Jesse Bromwich in his uh, advanced age really become, you know, they were good plug and play options in Supercoach. I think that you're going to get Tom Flegler very late in your drafts. I don't think you need to draft Tom Flegler until... You know, you're looking at round 12, round 13, round 14 in that range. I've got him as a round six draft pick right now. Now, that is pick number 61, the top of that round. I obviously won't go that high on him, but that's where I've got him on my board. So when he starts dropping into round seven, round eight, round nine, I won't let him go past round 10. And I'm sure he will last in the draft comp. The stats won't scream. The pre-draft won't scream draft him. So I think your guys in your league will not really think about him in that way. But I think he has a real chance to be special uh, from a Supercoach perspective. 
I think he's a great NRL player already. But I think this is the year where you kind of look and go, oh, that average jumped up about six to seven points. Uh, I just think he's going to have some big scores. I think, you know, he'll base around the 45, the 50. And I think his big scores, he can go 90 plus. So I'm very high on Tom Flegler. He is my front row darling this year. Um, You know, he's going to be that nice mid-range in classic where I won't be too afraid to start with him. But from a draft, like I said, I've got him as a round six. So when I draft, similar to Payne Haas last year, I had Payne Haas as a round two or three from him. I think it was round three. When he fell to me in round six, I was laughing. Similar to here. I've got him as a round six. Once he falls into round 10, 11, I'll snatch him up and I'll keep him all season. He'll be very, very exciting for me. The fourth sell. Who are we selling? Uh, Sifatalakai I'm going to sell. Now, I just think that I've spoken about it in the Sharks AC send-off. I've spoken in another pod with Nom. This is a pivotal year for the Sharkies and for Craig Fitzgibbon. And I think he's shown you that if he needs to drop Sifa, he will drop him. I've got Sifa Talakai right now. It's probably too low. I've got him as the 48th overall CTW, round 13. Now, you might hear that and go, that's craziness. I just am telling you. I would rather have other guys. The Sharks this year, I'm starting to put that ladder together. The Sharks are one of these teams where I don't think they're certainly to play playoffs again. I think there's a chance they'll make finals, but they're in that big glob of teams from, you know, position 6 to position 13. Uh, it's only going to take one injury for them. I think it's going to take a couple of games losing. And then I think Fitzy was going to pull the trigger. I think Connor Tracy is the guy I'm really worried about for Sifa Talakai. I think it's going to take one or two bad games for Sifa. And you'll see Connor Tracy straight in there. So that's why I'm so low on him. I think that I would much rather have um, really the only guy in that back line I have as a guy that I think is safe is Mulatalo. And I've got him as the 23rd overall CTW. I've then got uh, Jesse Ramian and Siona Katoa as the 42nd and 43rd. And then Talakai at 48. I just think that there's going to be opportunity uh, for Connor Tracy to come here and burst down the doors. Um, so I would draft with caution, but out of all those sharky outside backs, he's a guy, if you do weigh on him and he does hold firm and holds his position, it's an absolute steal where you've got him. Uh, we know the potential. It's a 60 average. It's a 65 average potentially. Uh, but for me, I will, there's plenty of guys, the guys I got above him. We just spoke about it in that range. Saab, Fox, Ramian, Katoa, AKP, Simonson, even a Dean Mariner, um, from Brisbane. Uh, Bronson Cherry just below him. Uh, Blake Wilson just below him. So, yeah, I think that Talakai for me is a miss this year. Um, he will be drafted pretty high, I'm pretty sure. I could see him going that round four, five, six range. Yeah, let them do that. If the guy, if the guy thinks the Sharks going to be on this year, let him draft those guys really high. I've got uh, Nico Hines and Jesse um, and Britton Nakora as the two main guys up top for the Sharkies. There's a gap for the rest of the guys for me. So, yeah, going to let Talakai slip. My last buy. Now, I've spoken about it in this offseason. I think that 5-8 is a bit pus this year. I think Harpak is very top-heavy, but there is some options later down the draft. To me, he's going to get the jewel. He's going to be a team I believe in, super coach-wise this year. I'll buy a Luke Brooks stocks. Um, I think Luke Brooks is going to be in a tremendous chance. I've got him as the seventh overall 5-8. He's the ninth overall halfback. Round six grade, uh, and in terms of a draft position, that puts him at pick seventy-two, so the end of that round. 
I just think that if you can get a guy there where he's a dual flexibility in a team that I think will be really good, and I think he's going to have a lot of runway with Anthony Seabold. I think Seabold knows when they approached him. They obviously did that knowing they had Cherry Evans for a couple more years, knowing that Josh Schuster had just re-signed on a big money contract. I just think that he's going to have a lot of freedom. And we saw at the Tigers, his best when he's running. We know Cherry Evans is a guy that can take all the defense, uh, attacking playmaking ability and upside and responsibility. So that leaves Luke Brooks to, you know, dart and go, to be the support link, to run when he wants to. So very high on Luke Brooks, I think, with the duel, he'll be someone who will be very highly touted. But again, in a draft league, the name of Luke Brooks going that early will probably scare some guys off. I'm telling you, Hartback is very deep this year. I've got from him at pick number nine, the ninth overall halfback, the guys under him, Matt Burton, Ben Hunt, Luke Keary, Jamal Fogarty, Toby Sexton, Billy Trindle, um, Aiden Caesar, Sean O'Sullivan, Kyle Flanagan, Jax Hastings, Tanner Boyd. You're down to the 20th overall. So there are a lot of guys there. Now, he'll get dropped above some of them, but that just gives you the idea or someone will look at that board and go, okay, I can kind of sit on, if I didn't get those first three or four guys, I'll sit on halfback for 5'8". Um, you know, the guys under him, Burton, Dearden, Jaden Campbell, Jerome Luai, Kiri, Jack Wyden. Again, guys I could probably sit on and wait. So I think there'll be a bit of a wait on Luke Brooks. And I think round six and round seven, if he's there, for me, he's a very happy pick up where I can go, okay, I know there's a flaw. I know he's going to tackle well, and I know he's going to run well. So if that's my flaw, and now you're throwing some attacking stats that he, weren't, he wasn't getting all the time at the Tigers, I think you're looking at a 55 to 60 averaging 5'8", halfback duel. They can flip around during the season. Very appealing. So I think they're my two, I think out of the five buys, just summarizing them, Pappenhausen, just because the pedigree, a first-round pick falling into the second round. Bo Fermor, that Titans attack is going to look good. He was better than feet of the season before. He's going to be very lowly rated. And then McKaylee Rabalawa, to me, that is a St. George is going to be crap. You know, guys will be nervous to draft them but you can go get that ceiling guy in your CTW. But the last two are my favorites. I think Tom Flegler as my front row Smokey, absolutely jumping up the ranks and, you know, being that top seven guy. And then Luke Brooks just being an absolute rock and really, for the first time in his career, having the opportunity to, it's not on you, Luke. You're going to have Daly there. You're going to have Gerbo there. You're going to have Turbo there. Cole will be running around. Do what you need to do. So that's my buys. Last sell. Who do I want to sell here? Who is a guy that, you know, you can have that stock? doesn't mean I'm totally out of them, but you can have the stock. I'm going to go close to home for me. I think there'll be a lot of Bryce Cartwright love this year. Now, I think he'll have another good year. I think he's going to have a long leash because we haven't really replenished the two RF stocks at Parramatta. But he will go extremely high. I think that there will be a bit of a, he'll get drafted over Sean Lane in a lot of leagues. I think that'll be a mistake. I've got Sean Lane as the second rower 19, and you've got uh, Bryce Curry at number 28 overall. I just think that overall, that is going to be a position where you can kind of wait on. I've got Curry as the 91 overall player and Sean Lane as the 64. I can actually see that swapping uh, in real life. I think that guys will draft. Curry's going to have a really nice pre-draft position. Um, I think they'll go, yep, that's going to be the case. He'll keep firing. But if Dylan Brown is on that edge and Sean Lane is on that edge all season, I'm telling you, Dylan Brown's going to be the dominant playmaker in this Premier team in attack. 
they'll feed down that edge. So I'm very happy to fade Kara a little bit. I would still like to own him, but at the right price. But I think he will go around a four round five. Uh, and I just think that's going to be a bit too high. I think you got to look at the the totality of what happened last year. There was quite a few injuries on the edge. There were guys, you know, the guys that filled in at certain times. Hopgood wasn't an edge. Uh, you had Jack Murchie for a moment. You had Matt Dury for a moment. Just guys, and he was the consistent one to go to. Quite a few tries as well. Uh, those attacks that might drop a bit. So I'm all about a slight fade on Bryce Cartwright and a favor to Sean Lane. I think I've got them uh, 1 at 60, 1 at 90. I could see that flipping, and I think you'll be smart to let that flip and um, take the better guy a bit later on. Well, that's it, guys. That's the first buy and sell for this offseason. Again, a bit of a wolf of Wall Street. I want to really invest. These players are like stocks. You've got to, you know, ride them when they're up and down. You know, in those uh, group chats, you know, that Pappy article, just send the news.com one, send the Fox Sports one, send the Fox League one. Just, you know, oh, is he going to play for the Tigers? Is he going to play for the Dragons? You've got you to feed it because there's no chance that he's not playing for Melbourne next year. And I think if he's fit round one, he's going to play fullback. If Pappy Hare is fit and playing fullback and goal keying, he's around round one grade. You can steal him a second. So this is what you got to do. If you, the guys that you want to buy and stick your claim on and go, this is my guy, for me, I'm not going to mention a peep about Tom Flecker for the whole offseason. I'm going to let him sit there. He's going to train the house down to the Dolphins. He'll sit there. Everyone's going to pick their, you know, they're going to look at that front row position. They'll pick the guys ahead of him. They'll pick Tino, Haas, Adam, Tohu, Tapane. They'll go Horsberg. They'll go Collins, Fodawaka. You know, guys like Clemmer might even get your pick. Fisher Harris might get picked ahead of him. Just sit there and wait. Grab your guy. Luke Brooks, let those superstars go. Sit on him. Grab him. Uh, and then with the sell guys, put him in the chat. Rory Jack Wise me good this year. Really try and get those draft grades up on those guys so your guy can keep slipping. I think that's been my favorite tactic in the last couple of years. Really boosting up the guys. You, know, you have no intention of drafting anyway because you don't believe that they're going to be a fit for your team when you get to grand final day anyway. So buy and sell. I would implore you to go into the app now. Start picking out your guys. Just have five. Have five guys where you're like, I really want to get them. I think they're going to be really nice draft steals in certain positions. And then, like I said, the guys you want to avoid, you might as well pump them up. Try and get the guy. If you would have drafted him round five, you draft him round three now. All of a sudden, one of your round three grades falls in around four, round five. That's how you get a pain house in round six. That's how you get all these guys with good draft value. Like I said, we'll do this every three or four weeks. Um, and yeah. Uh, we'll be back with plenty more content again, trying to come back every second day. Hit the socials at the SC Heartback. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back with another one soon. Have a great day, and we'll hear from you soon. Cheers.